Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California from the studios of Sirius XM West boasting an obstructed view of the world famous Hollywood sign this is the Tully show I am your host Mike Tully joining me today multi-platinum international rock overlords the darkness their new album is entitled pinewood smile and their tour de prince is underway as we speak hello and welcome justin hawkins and rufus tiger taylor of the darkness hello i realized as i said that perhaps i ought to have been saying tour de prince prince exactly would prince be what you would be said to do on stage in england i mean just generally frolic frolic from prince Uh uh-huh which sounds like a, a, a law company, doesn't it? Frolic and Prance is actually what we do. It sounds like a French children's show. So um, I, I have to say, when your band first broke here in the States, it, it made me very happy because American music has never really been my thing. I think there's sort of a certain kind of person who just grows up thinking everything everywhere else is better than where they are. And um, I got that, That's called jingo. Is it? No, what's it? No, jingoism is the very exact opposite of that. Okay. Or is it... Um, <laughs> Xenophobia. No. No, that I believe also, Nothing again, is something s- slightly uglier. Oh. <laughs> is it atonalism? Um, oh. Mm. I may, don't know. The point is that Should I... Should we... Re- um, have you got a thesaurus? I have maybe? not got... Ac- we could barely get the board working. Do you think I have access to synonym.com here? <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> So I got really into hair metal, which I'd kind of be curious to know your uh, opinion of um, momentarily. And then just as I, the age was, just as I got into it, grunge happened. Yeah. And all of the things that I really enjoyed I about rock and grunge, roll. Grunge, um, grunge was challenging. I would imagine it would be for, for you as well. Yeah. Because it happened when I was about um, eighteen, I think. Okay. And um, so you know, we'd we've been doing bands and trying to, you know. We declared ourselves guitarists as, as as young men, and then suddenly all these people who were basically soccer players decided they wanted to be guitarists, and they didn't have to be very good to do it. No. And it really annoyed me, because I went from being jealous of them for being better than me at football to being <laughs> jealous of them for being shitter than me at guitar, and then deciding to try and sort of conceal my chops. I so know I could be of part of that right. thing, you know, and, and it almost became like um, you were embarrassed to be a good guitar player. Yeah, they must never know that I know how to tap. Exactly. Yeah. So always just sort of almost putting one hand behind your back so as to fit in. So I was excited when you came along. If I had seen, um, if I'd heard... But the songs are great, though. Some of the grunge stuff is amazing. A small percentage of it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's complete fucking dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say that about just about any movement. I, 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 I started listening to it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. On the plane over, I listened to um, Pavement and um, some Sonic Youth. Okay. And I love it, to be honest. I mean, but there's a lot of it that sounds like it's good, but then after the initial excitement of it being messy fades, you're left with just a bad song. 
you know. And obviously Nirvana fits into the amazing yeah. song. Sure. Yeah. It's the rare vocalist who can pull off being truly out of key, and I'm not sure that Pavement always pulled off. Oh, they always pulled it off. Really? I think... That's, <laughs> this is the I mean, second slant, time I've had this slant, argument in two days. <laughs> Slanted and Enchanted and Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, brilliant albums. And a lot of atonal stuff going on with the guitars as well. And yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah. I think they're really great, great songs. And Many people believe that. You don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm sensing... I seriously had this conversation two days ago. I can't believe I'm still discussing Pavement. Because these, these are the guys I hate. Let's do it. These are the guys that I hated in, in high school. These were the camps. See, you'll understand this. Because my bands in high school were Suede yeah. okay. and Pulp. And uh, my favorite band of all time, you may be familiar with the Auteurs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a big of an impression they even made in England. I'm guessing not. Did the Auteurs not... have that song Light Aircraft on Fire? They Was that did. One of Precisely. Yeah. So I was going that way, and the other half of the cafeteria. Well, the, I, I, I only know that one song because I found it in the bargain Sound bin at Andy's Records in Lower Stuff. That was the best part. Is the records were always very cheap. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the advantage of listening to stuff that nobody else wants to listen to. I've always found that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's easy to get tickets to the concert. It's like being an unusual size and then looking for secondhand clothes. It's, nobody else wants it, and all the good stuff's there. That's right. I often think that when I'm at the outlets. So, how great would it be if I were a small, or you know, or had a hunchback or something like that? You know what I mean? Like I think for um, what's his name again? What's the hunchback? The hunchback Quasimodo. of Notre Dame always had the best. Quasimodo. Best um, Quasimodo. Hessian. Yeah, Quasimodo yeah. always had the best Hessian. Famously well dressed. Yeah, yeah. And it cost him nothing. <laughs> So I forget where I was going with this initially. Oh yeah, I was happy if I'd heard if I'd heard um, uh, I believe in a thing called love when it was being pitched to radio. I would have said absolutely not a chance. And I imagine you heard quite a bit of the same thing at English radio, perhaps even from English record labels. And I was so excited that somebody could. You know, it's always a little bit bittersweet when the soccer playing guys like you're talking about embrace the thing that you thought was really cool, that you thought was kind of your thing. But I was willing to pay that price to have a guy fighting space monsters in a music video yeah. in our popular culture. So this is just my opening suck up to let you know that I'm cool with you guys. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, do you, you must have, I know you did, have trouble getting some attention initially from the powers that be Unfortunately, when you do music that is fun and uh, maybe a bit glam-leaning, people tend to think that it's novelty. But I know that you can tap. You're a musician. Yeah. But it, the novelty... I don't know about the novelty thing. No, well, what, what does um, it mean, anyway? I suppose it's like if... If, if, it's, you... if it's a bit funny. Oh, okay. That's it. But I, I think there's... Or disposable, there's... because it's funny. Well, fu- There's, there's a the... big difference mm-hmm. between, there's... like, um, being, you know, a, totally taking the piss with everything you do, mm-hmm. and then... And then you know, being serious about the music, but uh, having fun with it. You know, you, you, there's there is a. a I big don't. I mean, the thing. That. One of the things that made us do the stuff that we do, and makes it appealing to us, is that when you see certain other artists climbing up their own assholes, exactly, and yeah, behaving yeah. like what they're doing if is you, saving yeah. lives, or you know yeah. what I mean. I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. Obviously, in some instances, they are saving lives, and 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 I know, and I realise that. Well, yeah, but I mean, obviously, we've we've saved. I don't. I can't even, can't even count how many lives we've saved. We'll get but into those. Just because you know, like people come up to you and they say, "Oh, you got us through this. You got us through that." And I think for some artists, it really goes to their heads, and then they suddenly see themselves as oh, like yeah. saviors, or you know, like lifeguards in the uh, <laughs> standing <laughs> on the shore of rock. The majority of their, most of these catalogs of music, and it is, you know, from song one to to, to their last. It's the most depressing. Mm. What they so, don't yeah, realize is for every life they've saved, they've probably ended. 
Yeah. Well, I know I wanted to end my life a few times after a few of the albums I heard. That's true. I Those mean, people I've, I've never settled at self-harm. I mean, I never I? went all the way. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The people who murdered themselves listening to Louder Than Bombs never came up to Morrissey and said, you saved my yeah, life, yeah. because he actually <laughs> yeah. ended it. We should have yeah. said, yeah, I mean... So your new album, and you got the tour kicking off today. I'm looking forward to going and seeing you guys tonight. The the album, it's really it's a it's a really solid album, top to bottom. Congratulations on that. Thank Thanks. you. We were aiming to do a really solid album, top to bottom. <laughs> top to bottom. We said, didn't we? Mm. No, we did. That was the first thing we said. <laughs> Many bands seem content with a solid side A, and then oh yeah, you, you know, really, we, just taper we off. wanted it. <laughs> we really um, like the vinyl is our. Mm-hmm. That's what we assume that we think of it as the real album. You know, the real body of work really isn't it yeah because you know we we wanted to have a well we always do it actually we always try and make it so that the first half is a is its own journey and then i always think of it like an like aerosmith albums you know how it's like it's with with steven tyler's approach to everything it seems to be like there's four songs uh, which are just how can i put it energetic involved love making and then there's a cuddle at the end of the side which is it's yeah. partly because you know it's partly the emotional journey, but it's also because the needle goes to the part of the um, record where it doesn't carry the bass in quite the same way. So you need to do something a bit lighter or a ballad. We're led yeah. to believe Stephen Tyler thought that through to that extent in 1976. I know he did. I know he did. <laughs> I, I want. I, want, I mean, it's, it's it's a good format for pretty much every. Yeah, but great all, album all, all album. the greatest, all the greatest albums, especially from that time, which they are really should be nine <laughs> or ten songs, and the fourth they, or fifth, depending on. Which, whether it's nine or ten, should right. be a ballad. Yeah, and the last one should definitely be where you either do an experimental. Oh yeah! Oh, we, oh exploration. I, I, I they, they all take you on a journey. Basically, all the best ones, you know, and that's what we tried to do with this one. And well, I loved. By the time I got to glam metal, the formula was um, concert opener, album, strong album track, mm. the strongest album track you have, <laughs> number three single. Mm. Number four ballad. Number five, we think we're fucking Led this Zeppelin. This is really good. I wish that. Why didn't we have this list before? Yeah. <laughs> and then hip hop perfected it with you do um, you do thirteen songs about murdering people, five skits, and one song where you apologize to your mother. Ah, right. And or shout out God. Is Why that, are there so many? Yeah, songs there's a lot of <laughs> shout outs, isn't there? A yeah, lot of, a lot of shout outs. I take back everything I said on the rest of the album. I never meant any of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we have uh, middle eights for that. Uh, oh, you've got the the bridge where you apologize. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the bridge. Well, it goes um verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then <laughs> bit bit where <laughs> you say uh, you either you, you you reaffirm that everything you've said so far you mean, and then a massive guitar solo, key change, and you're off. <laughs> Watch me for the changes. <laughs> so, are you? I'm not entirely clear. Are you filming a documentary as well? Have you filmed a documentary? We are filming. I yeah, I think they'll, they're nearly finished now. Okay. And I'm led to believe that this documents in part or in whole the the rise to fame of the darkness, whatever you would, would want to call the middle period, and the inevitable... The shit bit. The shit bit. We won't talk about all of it. And the inevitable Phoenix-like rise and return to glory. Yeah, it's like a... a um it's the it's a rise and then well, it gets a bit blurry in the middle bit and I think they don't really go into too much detail so it's just a rise the rise and rise but that's always yeah. the best part with the tri- and the that's all I want to talk about <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's true actually to be honest if you if it, if you didn't have a period like that mm-hmm. I think it would be necessary to invent it you know what I mean I would have to bulk up 
so that I'm basically wearing the cat suits, but they're skin tight. And <laughs> people love that sort of preposterous, all blotchy and sweaty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Rick James. I don't know how you feel about Rick James. But there's some footage of him from the sort of mid-80s where he's not doing his best work, sweating a lot live and trying to find his way around a DX7 keyboard. Have you seen that show? That, yeah. <laughs> it's outrageous. And his, his costume is, is ridiculous. Um, he's definitely not in good shape. And, he's, and you well, can tell that he's... Well, that's the era that Dave Chappelle went... He, uh, actually, no, he's, I think he's alluding to an earlier time oh, right, when he okay, was really yeah. on fire. Okay, okay. But the, the mid, mid-80s is kind of... I, I love that period. And it makes his earlier better and, you know, the Phoenix-like stuff. It, it's All that stuff's really important, but... The, Probably the most important bit is to get fat and useless in the middle. Yeah. If you don't do that, then you're Coldplay. Yeah. And you always have a sort of base level of... Yeah. Oh, you always know what you're going to get. It's like, oh, it's good. I was yeah. wearing a it's T-shirt with a V-neck. Is it? Oh, great. It looks like he's been to the gym and the solarium. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Coldplay, for the, for the journey. Right. And then things got dark, and I consciously uncoupled yeah. with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Instead of consciously drink electrolytes. Why don't you get fat yeah. and useless mm-hmm. for a bit? Do right. something yeah. interesting. Do some fucking exploratory music that doesn't quite land, mm-hmm. and perhaps you're a bit ashamed of later. Yeah. I did it. It never did me any harm, apart from the obvious lasting damage to my heart, which remains to be (laughs) (laughs) the full extent of which we're not sure of. The ticking time bomb (laughs) inside your chest cavity. uh, When the massive aneurysm happens and they blame it on that, we'll know. But at the end of the day, at least it's been interesting. This is Hot Legs' fault. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about how cool is it to break, as I say, I want to go through the low and then the high and then the low and then the back to high again. Can we just stay on the low bit? For uh, absolutely, positively. Let's possible. talk about cocaine for 45 minutes. What do you mean? I don't know. Um, I have a visa to be here and one of the main things that, I mean, okay. fake news, yeah. basically. When so you, you've never you read anything about, no, no, never broke the law. <laughs> <laughs> always maintained within that thing, but still managed to be... I mean, my thing was cakes. Just oh, a lot of cakes. Yeah, you can I mean, really go off the deep end with sugar. They outlaw cakes, because <laughs> what that did to me was... Uh-huh. All right, yeah. well, well, let's, in the interest of keeping you legally working in the United States, let's call it cake-cane. Have you ever deviled in cake-cane? Um, is that the, the frost, the dusting? Yeah, that's the yeah. really bad stuff. Yeah. People get really into that. They do terrible things for yeah. it. Tooth decay, oh, diabetes. To name but a couple. Yeah. Yeah, ill-advised sex partners. Um, a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly, yeah. in the short term, and then you have yeah. like um, you have a lot of brilliant uh, ideas that never um, materialize the next day. Everybody Extreme always says sincerity, that. and you make a lot of really close a friends. Lot of, a lot of that you lose the next day. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. One of the many funny things about cocaine is it has that mm. reputation for sort of making you this cold, heartless person. Cake, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it actually, it's a very uh, heartwarming drug in a very, very, sh- in the very short term. Yeah. You will make best friends. The cliche is that you have all these horrible ideas that they seem great at the time, but certainly people have great ideas on cake, right? No, I think there's different cakes. I mean, <laughs> when you think about the best cakes, yeah. probably, Sounds would like have it. to be um, the Mary Jane's cake. Okay. And then there's um, there's some other stuff that which I don't advise people use, <laughs> but it certainly makes for more interesting music. Yeah. Um, would be the the cake that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The they were making they were making the injectable frosting for a while. Yeah. People were were, were using cake. the baster and <laughs> inserting it directly into, <laughs> into the instead of. Um, 
What's that thing called? The icing it is a baster, isn't it? Oh no, I'm thinking of turkey baster. No, the beaters. No, there was the beaters. The bit that they the whisker. No, the, when you you have the <laughs> icing and then you distribute it using like something. Oh, the the squeezy thing, like a syringe. Sort of. Oh, a syringe. That was the word we were looking for. I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, let's yeah. see. It's, yeah. it's easy to... I, I think it's easy to um, dismiss uh, cake as, mm-hmm. as a creative... as a positive creative influence. And, mm-hmm. I, and I understand that. I, I think that bands that explore other types of confections make better music. Um, and the... I've yet to be convinced that that not having any cake at all um, is the best way to to create. I mean, it, it really depends on. I mean, I think that's a lot of people discover. Um, what's it called? Meditation instead of cake. Yeah, but those are always the shit albums. Are they though? I think so. There's something awful that seems to happen to people where when they get really into cake, they hit a a point and then, like, say that's the 10 of their creative zenith. And then there's usually the really, really bad ones when they go vegan for a little while. And then when they get into meditation, it seems like they're able to hit like a seven on their old scale all day. Like they can get pretty good again. I'm thinking of I don't know how familiar you are with the band Corn. I think the guy did get sober. Right. And now I remember that that video. What was that bullet video on? Mm. Yeah, the bullet it just goes through everything. Maybe I see. I was tuning them out. Is see, it, I they, was. Are they corn now? <laughs> Pretty much, it goes right through you. But that guy, he just he's he's sober and he just sits in the studio and he cranks out two albums a year and they're all almost as good as the old stuff. Well, but there's that play, magic when spot when they play in um, in Switzerland. They do. Um, Arenas and people are really excited about seeing them live. Oh, I people mean, are excited I mean, to see them here as I, well. I think that you know you're talking about song. I mean, we're talking about songwriting being influenced by, you know, what you're consuming yeah. in that moment. But I think that being vegan mm-hmm. and you know ha- being healthy is a great way to perform. Oh, once you've written the hits on drugs, it's a really good idea to and get then, sober to go keep touring the. Yeah, that's how hits. it should be, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. And then you can, you know, that's why they have relapses, isn't it? When you're in the studio, <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone, I was in a studio one time years, so years ago. So studio rehab tour, studio yeah. <laughs> rehab tour. Exactly, that's how it works. You want to get the rehab out of the way before you tour, or else but you're John Entwistle. I, I, I was um, in the studio with a band that I wasn't part of, and they do a thing where they're all looking like shit. They're all wearing, and this is a big band, you know, a multi-million mega band. Um, they're all looking like shit, spotty, wearing tracksuits and stuff. And then for like two months before they go out and and promote the thing, they only eat um, steamed vegetables. And then suddenly they look about 10 years old. They're all super healthy. And then they do the tour and then they just get back on the burgers and the cake and make the album. I think it's genius, really. Yeah, you could, it's almost like we're due for another spinal tap because all of the cliches and trappings are just as hilarious they were in the 70s, but they're they're pretty different now. Because you have the, the the veganisms and the the cleansing to look like your 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 eighteen year old junkie self on tour before you can go back yeah. to being your proper present day thirty six year old junkie self <laughs> afterward. Yeah. So you're telling me the libertines actually are not walking cirrhosis? Um, I wouldn't know about that actually, because <laughs> um, I think their cycle is is a much is a, is a slightly different approach to it. I think um, <laughs> I think it's almost like if you listen to the music, I think it's probably. They do all the veganism and the, the steamed vegetables whilst in the studio, and then when it comes mm, to performing, I saw that it, video. 
Oh, I, what video? There, uh, they were. I think they were snorting cake with um, um, Mick Jones, their producer, and Kate Moss. Okay. Oh, that was ages. It's a whole sheet cake. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it the, uh, quite a long time ago though. Yeah, yeah. I guess they wouldn't do that anymore. No, they've, now learned, that they've learned from that now. They've done their solo things didn't work out so well. Can I like, now? That? It's um... <laughs> yeah. What? what, what yeah, no more. Don't know. Um, I also uh, so I believe that all of those guys who got into grunge and and what have you, everybody who gets picks up a guitar probably wants to be a rock star. That's sort of the initial appeal of it. And then I've noticed as time has gone on, especially being here in Los Angeles, you could be around like, I don't want to name names, but bands who were the super serious grunge acts. Like, of course, um, okay, let's just say Alice in Chains. They, they still enjoy the company of beautiful women and beautiful women are attracted to them because they're, you know, talented men in famous bands and they still enjoy drugs and partying and stuff like that, but they have to keep the super serious thing on, on, uh, you know, uh, to their their performance phase. That's, that's where the goatee comes in. (laughs) (laughs) You have a moustache and beard connected. Right. Like that in a little box there and it shows you that you're serious. Yeah. And that's, I call that a serious beard. Do they have goat, goat, goat beards? Still, oh, the beard here thing here is has it not gotten fully over there then? No, I mean in Alice in Chains, do they do they wear beards? Uh, yeah, I don't think they've ever been totally without facial hair. So that's how you do it. That's, that's how, how you, you maintain the facade of being serious and for real. And that's how you know that no matter how much fame I get and how much success I get and how much how great it might seem uh, to perform in front of a hundred thousand people in Brazil. When I go home, I'm still dealing with the same demons that have tormented me since childhood, and I can never truly be happy. And some people respond to that. Clearly, millions and millions of people the world over respond to that. But I feel like there are people who still respond to like proper rock and roll and one piece, you know, jumpsuits yeah. and stuff like that. And here's what I was getting at: I think that there are um, uh, women who have always been really receptive to that, and they were in their own way, even if they didn't realize it. I mean, women are far more than than groupies and what have you, but like when grunge went away, they were like, oh man, like there's the guy who wanted to be Def Leppard, but there was also the girl who was like, I wanted to party with Def Leppard. And in the same way that Def Leppard got taken away from the rock star would-be guys, (laughs) partying with Def Leppard got taken away from a certain kind of woman, enter the darkness. I'm saying I think you get to enjoy a certain lane of fun that a lot of other bands have just sort of left on the table. Vis-a-vis um, women. Oh, I don't know about that. I think we we have a slight androgyny to what we're doing in terms of the presentation of it. Slight. And I think we have all kinds of um, it appeals. We we have a, a broad a broader appeal than broad, you might imagine in yeah. terms of gender. Say no more. I, I never thought about that, and that's great too. Yeah, I mean, and all age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I don't leave think the kids it's, alone. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think it's it's less about trying to impress women with us. It's more like trying to impress each other and um, ourselves. Yeah, um, it's difficult to do. This. I'm trying to do a masturbation joke. Not, <laughs> <laughs> is that where that was going? <laughs> <laughs> just, just say that. Yeah. I just wanted to shoehorn something about. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. It's okay. it's very very early. Sorry, You've just sorry. flown in from London. What do you what do you get up to? You just been rehearsing and well, <laughs> what <laughs> we, we did. That's to, you said yeah, like, yeah, like no, it's a preposterous had, thing to suggest. We had two days rehearsing. <laughs> Rue and I don't need to rehearse. We do, we do all the promo. The other guys practice. Um, but we we did a couple of days, didn't we? A couple. We of did the day throughs. one was um, we called it the rusty day, and uh, it's never nice. Shake the cobwebs one. off. In a, in a way, the worse it sounds on day one, the better, because then yeah. you're getting it out. You know, you're getting it out. Because you know, by day two, it's going to be. 
amazing. Have you ever regretted? It's fine. Just smack there. <laughs> any yeah, any equipment that you <laughs> that gets in your way over here, feel free to punch it. Um, do you ever regret committing to singing in the style? I, I this is another thing I think about all the time. Nobody when they you know nobody thinks about I've got to sing these songs and I've got to sing like this for the rest of my life. It would be nice if you could have been one of the monotone guys. For yeah. your sake, Leonard Cohen never had to worry about singing. No, that's true. I think um, there are other other singing approaches that would be less demanding. Um, but I don't know. It's just just it's just the way I sing. I can't really change it. And I think I get into trouble when I try and change it. If I try and sing in a in a different way, or you know, if I try and sound like Steven Tyler or Bon Scott, that's when I get myself into serious trouble. And um, I have done that on records where I've tried to, to perform in a slightly different, you know, pushing more air through or whatever. But I need to just stick to what I do because it's 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 actually pretty comfy for me. As long as I don't step outside it, I'm all right. Um, you've already been touring this record, obviously. Were you touring this <clears throat> album when you were doing the Guns N' Roses shows? Uh, yeah. We, Some of the songs were well, in the set, Yeah, we, we added a couple of songs in there. We had Solid Gold in there, and, um... Did we have another one? There was another one, yeah. I'm sure. All pretty Girls, pretty maybe? maybe. Um... Yeah, so we we did have a couple in there, and um, they went down great. I think that was the first time we'd... No, Australia and New Zealand was the first time we hmm. um, played them live. But So um, we have been playing some of these songs for a year or so. But, you know, these Guns on the Guns N' Roses shows, it was we had one gig in Imola, the racetrack in Italy, um, famous racetrack. Arton Senna died there. It was really famous. And, um, Ayrton. It was about 140, oh, Ayrton, yes. 130, Ayrton. 130 <laughs> odd thousand. And, um, oh, my goodness. And they were loving it. You know, by the after the first chorus, they were singing, uh, they were singing the chorus to Solid Gold, you know, so... So it was nice, you know. They hadn't heard it before. How did those shows come together? Are you friendly with Guns N' Roses? <laughs> tight, tight. <laughs> and I'll, um, I'll, I'll translate. For, that was a happy punch. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but... Um, I mean... We've, we've so, I've, I know a couple of them pretty well. Um, when we, and we have, over the years, played with Guns N' Roses in... in in its other sort of one of its two of its other incarnations, which um, I didn't mind, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we did it. We did we did um, Rock in Rio with them in 2006, and uh, then later 2010 or or 11 or something, we played in Mallorca, and it was another one-off thing, and um, and then obviously last year we did the other things. What's the uh What's the scene like around those guys these days? I don't care about whether or not they're getting along or not. I what think, do you mean? I, well, I think the personal relationship between all of them and the professional relationship is fairly obvious. They seem like they're in a good it place to really me. It really cool, yeah. They seem really um, relaxed. Everyone was... Um, I really love their crew. All the, all the people that yeah, work for them are super nice. and Really and, cool crew. Like earlier in the, in when we played them you know, years and years ago, it was yeah. a little bit difficult with some of the sort of um, the security measures and, and you know some of the paranoia yeah. around it was... was uh, a bit intense, like I remember. Like well, well there was a moment when I got pushed against the wall by a security person and held there while while Axel walked past. Um, to be fair, I was pretty drunk, and it was, and I, <laughs> and I would if I ha- Wait, I was grateful. Was I was grateful <laughs> for having been pinned up against. Right. So I would have embarrassed myself, undoubtedly. But aren't, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, I was just doing my job, you know, and he was just doing his job, and there Being was no, hard, there was no hard feelings. So I just went and had a shit in his dressing room, and it was fine. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, um, it was a wee. Duff and Slash came over and said hi, and mm-hmm. you know it was all really relaxed. And I, I went out drinking with Frank Ferrer, the, the drummer now. Um, uh huh. And uh, you know, and then Richard Fortis really friendly. Friendly. We met him before when he was playing with um, uh, Finn Lizzy. Um, he was playing with Finn Lizzy. Yeah, um, there's still Finn Lizzy. There is still Finn Lizzy. Oh yeah. my goodness! It's all there. All that stuff's there. You just well, got to open the box and then reach in. <laughs> except they're, for the except for, in there. except for the guy. Yeah, thinner. Well, that guy notwithstanding, thinner Lizzy. Yeah, but then uh, they they I think they did it as Finn Lizzy uh, at the time when when um, Phil when when uh, R- Richard Fortis was playing with them, mm-hmm. and then they changed it. And and they they've made it a new project. Okay, with, you know some of the surviving members and yeah. all that. Yeah, so. and then they've been fake Thin Lizzy for far longer than they were ever real Thin Lizzy. But that's just that's the nature of time and humanity, isn't it? It it is. It, it is. I made the mistake one time of they put together this like classic soul review here in Los Angeles, and I was like, wow, this is. If you think about it. I'm going to go see like 15 classic bands in one night for like $15. Who would not do this? Mm. And the reason being, well, it's the one sad old man who was originally in the act who gets, so they get to still call it the, you know, the what? mystics, the Avalons, whatever the hell they were. And then there's yeah, a bunch but, of really, really talented it, guys. But who are, will that be the guy that owns the name or is that like a typ- sort of litigious? Typically. Okay. Because there's what you've got to be watch out for is when there's a band like, for example, and this is, this is the best example I can think of is Boney M where they didn't sort out who owns Boney M and then the main sort of producer is no longer with us so there's five or six different touring entities mm-hmm. that are all called Boney M yeah they're all doing the, the songs and they're all great yeah but you never know what you're going to get well and Boney M is like um, they, they never broke over here to the best of my knowledge Boney is that really no is that a Rasputin Oh, gee! Oh, Jesus! Yeah, we actually covered that once. Oh my God! I knew I knew the name. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of somebody different. I heard that song. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Terry um, Barif 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 McCauley's Boney M. You're talking about. I don't. That's, that's I don't. one of the many touring. <laughs> Maybe that was the one that I was thinking of. I was in a taxi in Bali over New Year's, and for the first time in my entire life, heard Rasputin by Boney M and yeah. tweeted it to the world. I don't. If that made an impression in America, it was not in my lifetime. Oh, okay. Oh my goodness! If awesome I go to song. see Rasputin, that better be the real fucking. That hmm. better be the real fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what we have here is <coughs> metal bands because I am a big hair metal guy. I wanted to ask you that. Did you? What did you think? Because I felt like that shit never really made it overseas. Europe didn't. Uh, Europe, okay, England didn't embrace the poisons and the skid. But we had our own. We had Europe, the band Europe. Yeah, a lot of keys in there. What? There's um, a lot of keys in there. Well, yeah, but how else are you going to achieve that fanfare? For uh, the final countdown. What you're gonna have a proper trumpet player doing? <laughs> you're gonna go on tour of a hair metal band with a trumpet. What do you think this is? <laughs> Synthesizers are wonderful instruments because it allows you to arrange songs using instruments that you've never held, you've never yeah, held and never caressed. Couldn't possibly play. Yeah, and and in in note combinations you couldn't possibly achieve with yeah. the actual playing, instrument. Yeah. Playing chords that are unlike the instruments themselves, <laughs> yeah. which are incapable of doing that because they're trumpets. I'm <laughs> I'm not down on synthesizers. I just felt that they had no place. Sounds I've already established there's, very, there's a very clear blueprint for how hair metal is supposed to work. Anyway, I already what told I'm saying you the is there's a, lot of, there's a lot of hair and a lot of metal yeah. in Europe, mm-hmm. especially especially mainland Europe. That um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Well you know it's 
I suppose it's the same as the cultural exchange of, of, of like the 60s and 70s when you've got the Stones and Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and Queen and the Beach Boys and the Beatles and all that sort of stuff. But it's you know now it's uh, now it's Europe and Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any others. <laughs> um, Europe, Bon Jovi, um, and then when you contribute Poison, um, White Snake. That was big. We, we contribute uh, White Snake. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, White Snake. Yeah, they count. Yeah, yeah they count. Tiger Tails made a run. Tiger Tails. Yeah, the Welsh band. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty they good. Are, they asked me to play bass when uh, when they suffered a bereavement. Actually, um, but uh, I had to tell them I'm a guitarist and a singer. Who? Yeah. Tiger Tales. Oh, really? Yeah, you're more mm. of a singer than he is. That is... <laughs> rewind. Delete. <laughs> I'm sure all the Tiger Tales fans who are listening right yeah, now will be, will be outraged. Yeah, they're great. It seemed like they were big. They had one music video where they're in a huge arena. And I was like, I, yeah. did you rent all those people? No, no I think those that's, are CGI'd. Uh, <laughs> that was the, the, this uh, is pre-CGI, that, that Rufus. Was, <laughs> that was when uh, Superimposing was in its infancy. <laughs> when I say CGI, they were cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and people were just moving the arms. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more of the, of the of the European hair metal. I think I'm, I was making an important point, but then in the end it turns out to be bullshit. Uh, Shotgun Messiah came out of somewhere in the Scandinavian region. I've never heard of that band. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sticks galore on the drums. Sticks galore. <laughs> two X's, naturally. Do you mean two? <laughs> That's sticks amazing. Galore. But there's only two sticks, sticks though. That's not sticks galore. Sticks That's just galore. two sticks. But he made it sound That's like three at times. Yeah, He's very talented. I Maybe he had a lot name. of spares. <laughs> Spares, spares galore. Spares are plenty. <laughs> the standing drummer for sticks galore. Spares are plenty. <laughs> um, you at, some, at one point recorded a Christmas single, I'm led to believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please tell me about this, because I, I lived in England for a year, but wasn't there for Christmas, so I kind of missed the... This is a huge effing thing. Yeah, it's, it's massive, yeah. It's charming, and it's still a thing. Oh, yeah. Not so much. I mean, I think... It, I, it, well... To Sorry. be honest, what, the, I, I hear it every single year, and I, I go to the same massive, massive uh, shopping mall. Um, it's it's, a, it's huge, and uh, it makes uh, that Bloomingdale's look small, like it's really big. And um, and every single year, I just get because it's got everything. You know, I can just go there and in one day on Boxing Day, I can get all my Christmas presents done in Beautiful. a few hours. And ev- without fail, I hear that song come on. Um, every, every year uh, I, uh, Christmas time don't let the bells end yeah exactly but just the general what is the general that, concept that Explain. is the song that, that, that makes makes us um, well actually it was probably our second biggest song ever um, it was in the same year as uh, I Believe in a Thing Called Love and it was uh, I don't know it's, really it's, it's part of it's, it's, just like, it's a proper songs. Christmas song you know and we, we tried to do a proper Christmas song in a time when it was like uh, already then it was always going to be whatever competition winner from the t- from the TV show was out there. You know what I mean? Mm. No, well, I, I don't, don't want to take you away from the song at all. But he can scream "Bellend" on live TV. Oh yeah, as well. That's we had bonus. kids saying uh, "Bellend" and "Ring Piece" in the back uh, as the backing vocals. That's Bellend. Bellend. Oh, really? Okay. Um, okay. Let me just try and hmm. I'm going to look up online what the what the medical term up? is. Hang on a second. <laughs> all right. Well, that gives me a hint already because I, I'm asking you. First and foremost, just about the premise of a Christmas single. We don't have an equivalent here. Okay. Of course, we have Christmas Glands. songs. What? Glands. No, 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 hold on. So imagine a baby's <laughs> arm holding an apple. Yeah. The apple. <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening knows what you're talking about, except Glans for me. So Glans clito ridis, mm-hmm. the erectile... No, sorry. Glans clito rid. 
clitoridis, the erectile tissue on the free end of the clit. No, that's not it. That's not it. What are you I'm on? I'm talking. Sorry. Are you trying to turn me? Oh on? wait, He's glans gonna... penis. The cap-shaped ah. expansion of the corpus spongiosum <laughs> at the end of the penis, obviously. Yeah, the spongiosum. Otherwise known as bellend. Man, the Latins were very erotic people, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Italians have nothing on the Latins. Yeah. I so do wh- jump on my spongiosum. <laughs> so what's the deal? Every year, everybody puts out a bunch of Christmas songs and tries Why to have, have the Christmas number one. On your, oh, so, go on. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? What is the, Christ- what is the Christmas thing all about? It's still a thing. Everybody puts out a Christmas song, and it's a really big deal to have the Christmas number one. I well, think no. Tom Jones had it when I was there. Well, no, that okay. But well, no, no one does anymore. That's that's what... I'm under the impression they do. But you're telling me I'm wrong. Well, no, I mean... The, well, am I wrong? I, I, mean, I don't know. To. Basically, I mean, there are... there aren't. I mean, I think it's coming back a bit now, but it's always pop pop folk, isn't it? I mean, yeah. there's, there's like, a lot of good rock rock Christmas songs that were... Or it's like Michael Bublé, you know. Oh, who Jesus. I love, actually. I think he's one of the... Do you? One of the greats, yeah. yeah. I Why? Because he's so nice. Because it's like... That's, that's a great the, ex, That's a great answer. No, because he's Why so do you nice. Like it? Why do you like that guy? Why do you love his music? Because he's a really nice Because he's so guy. nice. You can tell that he's really enjoying being a dad, loves being a, a husband. And <laughs> <laughs> he really winds him up. Um, he this loves being like, a husband. Mm-hmm. And, and just like... I think women of a certain age really appreciate that because they can say, I'd be proud if he was my son and I'd be delighted to share a bed with him mm-hmm. um, despite the impact that that would have on his home life and perhaps I won't do that because he cares about his family right. I respect and, him too much yeah because like I'd love to but at the end of the day I, I just he's so happy I don't think you know what I mean I won't go there uh, but maybe one of his one of his uh, guitar techs <laughs> Or something. You know, that's, and this is the yeah. sort of thing that runs through a middle-aged woman's mind. I said and a woman of a certain and, age. And, and, I didn't say middle-aged. I, did, I said a woman of a certain age. Well, we all know what that certain age is. Well, I might have been saying 18. <laughs> I might be saying 18. <laughs> might have Just been. women of a, women who have a certain responsibility or a sense, a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that could be... Adults. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about a consent... A, you know, an age at which... i, I got to get that. Hold on. <laughs> I don't blame you. Anyway. I can understand the appeal because you know, because uh-huh. well, I don't look yeah. at him and I don't go and I, I don't go. Oh, I'd like to turn him, you know, because I go. I've never thought that about. I, I always what? think Buble, whilst he's handsome, really? sculpted, and really got a cut physique, is awesome. You know, well, you can you tell only he swims. See him in, in polo swims. neck vests. Yeah, but that's the thing. Even from the V-neck, you can see he's got a muscular chest, and I love that. And I would love to. I would love to turn him, but no, he cares about his family, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so your your lust for him so is that way only by your respect so, for him. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And it, I think people like that, you know, he's a that's a real entertainer. And this is the basis on which people have traditionally chosen which music to listen to. This feels. This is what people. I've never who's, met anybody. Whose home life would you not shatter by that record? <laughs> <laughs> this tends to be how people justify listening to the Foo Fighters. You know, you say, do you do you enjoy the Foo Fighters? I do. Memphis? They're very good friends of mine. <laughs> Close friends. They're, um, well, they seem they're like band. great guys. They, he seems really, like a really, really, really nice guy. Therefore, yeah. I'm even though that sounds like sort of em- but, you know, empty, disposable radio rock, I'm sure mean. I'm missing something. I don't want to be mean, but you know, they're not releasing um, two Chris. albums a year of covers. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're actually write their own stuff and yeah, they do do it live. You know, which uh, which certain muscular chest <laughs> chest people might not. 
<laughs> you know, some of the but greatest nice. singers of Bublé, all time Bublé, did not write their own. Okay. Let's, let's Bublé, think about some great singers who Bublé didn't write was their signed, shit. Sinatra, right? Elvis, oh, exactly. Elvis. Bublé yeah. was signed to to reinvigorate that catalogue. Mm-hmm. Those songs that you're talking about, you know, yeah. The, 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 the big band stuff, yeah. the great he, American songbook. Yeah, exactly. So he was there to revitalize that world, and and that that is yeah, a. That's just. And then he came and and he wrote his own it. songs, and what happened? Took over the radio. What? What? No, it it's everywhere. And he wrote those songs. <laughs> okay, two songs and the rest of them are covers. But, crucially... So, back to um, Bell Ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's the erectile tissue... Uh, sorry, at the end of the... With the sensitive... Michael Bell End um, is... <laughs> and you got children to sing about cocks on television is basically your... No. Yeah, um, well, that was... Not about... They weren't... That was they a were, bonus. They were not coerced to sing about cocks no. in the slightest. Um, they did it willingly? Yeah, it was their idea. It was all volunteer. <laughs> if you look at the writing credits for that, there's a lot of... <laughs> yeah. And there's a knock at the door, and there's this pack of ragamuffins. No one was complaining. Spontaneously <laughs> shouting <laughs> cock. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, uh, this is random. Am I crazy to think that part of uh, Russell Brand's shtick is inspired in part by you? No, I don't think that's the case. I think he was um, doing that stuff way after uh, at the same time as it all emerged at the same time at I the think. same time yeah i think so yeah what I, sorry i'm not sure what people have said that before what? that there's something similar about the way russell brand is and you i've heard it before people have said that to him as well oh. but we have got some mutual friends mm-hmm. and um and so there's a there's a there's a group of people that appreciate both worlds. I think you're similar. I don't think there's any denying that, and that doesn't mean that that's people are similar. That can happen. I, you know, and you and you both and you both come from um, a recognizable tradition of rock and roll. So it's not slanderous to say that you're similar. I was just wondering if maybe anybody had ever suggested that maybe he saw you and was like, "Oh, right, that thing. We can. There's more to be done with that vein." Because he kind of seems like kind of like a you who can't play guitar. Um, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Fair well, enough. I, I think it all happened at the same time. Okay. I don't even know the timeline. For all, you could have told me he was around in clubs ten, 10 years before you, and I'd believe he that might too. Have been, yeah. I have absolutely no I idea. Don't know. But he wasn't yeah, doing this. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more of a grunge approach to everything. Do you think? No. Uh, so what will you do? What do you, what will you do on tour? What do you do for fun these days? Now that you are a rock band who gets to you know tour from city to city, but cake is no longer an option. Um, Cake is always an option. That's the that's the reality. Let's not rule anything out. I see. You know, I know a guy. If you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know some of the finest bakers in Los Angeles. If you're interested, I, I've actually got a good friend who um, uh, his baker mm. is under his phone as um in, in as the guy, and so whenever he calls Siri, he goes Siri, call the guy. <laughs> and, uh, oh and my the baker goodness! Shows up. It's quite a good use of Siri. I thought. You're welcome, Apple. Yeah, that's what the technology's there for. So what are you gonna what are you gonna do for I don't know, what are you gonna do when you're on tour? You gonna have fun? We well, have a lot of fun. What do you mean? Like um go karting? I don't know. Ice uh, boarding. Are you at you the do? point are you at the point in your career where you're like, Man, the real fun's jumping out of an airplane? So know. some of us get um we go to the bar and then whoever's drunkest will start driving the bus. <laughs> and that doesn't <laughs> no, we don't yet. Um I don't know. It's uh, it's it's it, it always it's a really important thing for everyone. I, I had a look at our to get on the crew band. It's so important for everyone to get on. If you even got one little, you know, 
little situation where two people aren't. It, it, it's kind of sh- it's shit for the for everyone. Yeah, so, you um, live in too close a quarter. For example, yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, like uh, we're playing in. Oh, where is it? Sometimes you're playing in a in what you might consider to be a, a civilized and fun city, and then what here? Yeah, for example, here, yeah. and then if we had a day off tomorrow, we'd probably have a show the next day, which is more than one night's drive, so we'd have to stop somewhere in between. And usually, it's a place where you've got like um, an Applebee's, and there'll be like a garage, and then maybe there'll be a river to look at. <laughs> <laughs> so then our, our fun on the day off will be like four hours spent throwing a stone at a river and then you get back on the bus and then the, what, you're, what you're really fighting there is abject depression. And I think it really focuses all of the enjoyment that you have from being on tour into the shows. And I think when you go and see of Darkness, you're looking at four guys who love what they do because everything else they do is shit. <laughs> You're looking, I mean, at four, love, you're looking at four guys who were sharing appetizers at Applebee's yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> Not, I mean, I, I do think that, that America's an amazing country and it's really always great fun to play the shows. But some of the travel is really difficult, you know, and you end up in you end up not knowing what to do with yourself in the middle of nowhere on a day off. Quite yeah. often while the while the I mean, while look, the bus driver rests and, and gets ready for the next I'd probably say unions. that like, I'd probably say that the yeah. West Coast and East Coast aren't it's really mad, like that. It's more like middle Middle East, isn't it? Where you get more like that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great places that we're. Where was that forward. weird place that we where I did the um, uh, uh, what, what was the stupid thing I posted and I got it completely wrong? Oh yeah, you said that we were in um, um you, it was an amazing. No, what that was. It? I think that was Green River, wasn't it? Snake River. Snake River. Yeah. Oh yeah, have you ever been to Snake River? I feel like I've heard of Snake River. Was there was like a militia shootout there or something? It was on our way to like Scottsdale or Indiana. Uh, it wasn't or fuck all there when we went there. No, was, I think maybe they cleared them all out. A what? What is that? I don't know. A militia? What's that? This either sounds like a place where there was once a cult or a militia or uh, yeah. or a side project from Pearl Jam. Right. Okay. I don't know. It looked like a scene out of, the, out of a western. It was really like a, that kind of scenery. We've got a bit of that out there still. Yeah, it's not all Walmart's just yet. And uh, how long are you? Oh, oh yeah. you know, the other thing is, if you go to like a slightly more populated area for your day off, then you might be able to go to a shopping centre where they've got like a pop-up store that whitens your teeth. So that's something that I'm looking forward to doing. Get the teeth uh, ice blue. Bon Jovi style. <laughs> so How that, dare you? He's from from the same state as him. I'm obliged. It's the second time you've slandered John Bond since I we've have been not. here. I've just all I've, I've actually said nice things. Ice blue teeth, mm-hmm. and I said he was part of the hair metal cultural exchange between Bon Jovi and Europe. Yeah, Europe, the not the continent, the Swedish. No, he rock wouldn't have band. a damn thing to do with the Swedish rock band at this point. He got what he needed from them. I heard a story about. Oh no, I can't. No, say, please. I can't say. No, you must. No. I can't really think. I can't. This, I, yeah, I just realised that this is not the environment for telling bad stories about people. Done? Okay. Well, in that case, I will uh, let you gentlemen go. Thank you so much for waking up early and coming but in. But the long and short so of it is, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are the darkness at the darkness on social media. The album Pinewood Smile is out now. The tour de Prance underway as we speak. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers.
Yeah.